All right, class, listen up. This isn't your regular public school education. Here, we discuss the money topics you should have been taught in school, but weren't. Join a community of people who are taking their lives into their own hands. Learn about financial independence so that you can design the life of your dreams. You're listening to The Fi School. Let's build a life worth running to. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Phi School Podcast. We're excited to be here again with uh, my co-host, Jared. Jared, how's it going, man? Excellent. Russell, how you doing? I'm doing so well. It's been a good week. Today, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about um, kind of the concept of retirement, where that comes from, and how exactly that fits into this financial independence concept. Um, do you kind of want to give a little, just give us a little bit of background on to retirement and kind of the history there? Yeah, so I've I've mentioned to a couple of people that I am looking to retire early, and a lot of people have said, "Well, like what? Like that's way too. You can't retire when you're 35. You can't retire when you're 40. Like you still have all of this life left in you. Like how can you retire so early? You still got to do things with your life." Um, but the the concept of retirement, I think, is one that is confused. Um, or misconstrued throughout society. Because if you think about it, the, the concept of retirement has only existed for the last 100, 150 years or so. Because for like throughout all of history, people have just worked until they died, you know, or worked until they were no longer capable of working anymore. And then usually taken care of by their children, by their grandchildren. So it's only recently, you know, in the 1900s or so that we've started to formalize this idea of that, you know, when you're 60, 65, you can retire. But the truth is, like, there is, like, you, you have one life to live, and there are all these things that you want to do within that life, right? So, like, why did we decide that you have to work from the time that you're 18 until you're 65, and then after that, you're allowed to enjoy your life and do what you want with your time, right? But instead, we we the standard path that's kind of been sold to us for the last, you know, maybe hundred years or so is that you work from the time that you're legally an adult until you are 60, 65 years old. Your job is to work all the time. Maybe you get two weeks of vacation, um, but the rest of the time you're working and you're working, and that's where you spend eight, nine, ten hours a day, five, six days a week, like your whole life. That's all you're doing is working, but what's come out of the fire movement, right? So a lot, you'll hear the word fire and it stands for financially uh, or financial independence, retire early. And there are a lot of different ideas around what it means to retire early. But in essence, hitting financial independence is just hitting the point at which you have enough money invested that you can live off the interest of that money for ever, for perpetuity. And you then get to decide what it is you want to be doing with your time, whether that's continuing to work, whether that's leaving your job, whether that's traveling the world, whether that's starting a business, like whatever it is that you want to do, because it's, it's just that you're, you've become financially independent. So the money issue is, well, it's no longer an issue. Like that problem has been solved. And so then you get to really kind of focus the rest of your time and energy on all the other problems that there are in in your life, in the lives around you, of the people around you, and in society in, in general. 
That's awesome. So another thing that I think often comes up in the financial independence space is also like what retirement exactly looks like, right? Because I think, like you said, when it comes down to financial independence in the fire community, um, it's really just an allocation of your time and resources and being able to put that wherever you want because because lo- money is no longer a limiting factor. So, I mean, there's a couple of different options when it comes to kind of retirement because you can kind of jump in and out. You can just stay out. You can go change jobs or whatever. And so, I mean, some of the some of the standard ones like would be if you hit financial independence and then you were just to quit your job um, and then just like tour the country with your wife and then just like go do things and just have fun and just be retired. You know, the classic retirement example. Um, however, but one thing that a lot of people oftentimes talk about, especially JL Collins, I think when he was on the Choose FI podcast talked about this, is retiring often instead of just retiring early um, and essentially giving you like this ability to, okay, you're burnt out at your job. Well, then go take a one-year sabbatical, go do the things you want to do, get a nice break, relax, recuperate, and then come back and find another job when you're done, you know, and do that like all the way from like 35 to 65, just kind of taking intermittent breaks throughout. Um, or you could potentially pivot, change the job that you want to do um, and quit the job that's like you're earning lots of money at, but you don't necessarily love or doesn't bring you value or meaning. And then go like do the job that you want to be, whether that's be a teacher or a marine biologist or like, you know, whatever it is that you feel like you really, really like. Um, and then I think the, the fourth option that it also allows you to do is not even necessarily retire or quit your job. But it just gives you the leverage to be able to choose what you want to do at the work you're already doing. And so if your boss is asking you to do something and you're like, I really don't want to do this, then you can be like, sorry, I, I don't want to take on this project. And I don't necessarily want to do this. Or you can even just go to your boss and be like, this is part of my job. Really, I, I just don't enjoy. Can I not do this? Um, and it gives you that leverage because if your boss is like, mad about that or decides to fire you because of it because that's totally rational not um but if they do decide to like like if you if they say no well then you have a lot more leverage to be like okay i can walk away or i can put up with this or you know you can you just have a lot more leverage and you're coming from a position of power instead of a de- uh, a position of dependence you know and it just gives you a lot more flexibility when it comes to those kind of choices yeah, absolutely. And so kind of wanted to take these these four different kinds of retirements and kind of break out how like what that means practically and how like how those concepts even work. Cuz a lot of people then when they think about retirement they like they don't they just don't understand what you would be doing aside from working, right? So the classic retirement like whether that's you hit 65 and now you have social security income or or you've hit financial independence and now you're you've just decided you don't want to work anymore like that's totally fine, right? Like you, as long as you have enough money to meet your expenses, then like do whatever you want, right? Social security is a paycheck, right? So if you have a paycheck coming from a giant nest egg of money you've been investing, it's essentially the same thing because whether it's the military retirement fund, which is the fund that the military uses to pay pensions out, or whether it's like the social security in the United States, which is also a whole bunch of money invested into bonds that pays out slowly every year, um, like it's, it's all effectively the same thing. You're just, you have a paycheck coming in and then doing what you want with your time so much as that paycheck uh, is more than your expenses. So there's the standard retirement, mini retirements too. So this one, like it's a pretty simple concept, right? So let's say you make $50,000 a year 
and you save $25,000 a year, right? So you're only living on half of it. That means every one year of working, you have two years of expenses, right? So if you work one year and you save half of it, that means the next year you wouldn't have to work. You'd have the same amount of expenses, right? So you could effectively retire every other year. And just do like a one-year sabbatical, work for a year, one-year sabbatical, work every year. There are actually people that do this all the time, all over the place with seasonal employment. So some people will go and work for a summer or a winter, whether that's um, in like national parks or in like ski towns or in Alaska or summer sales. Like people will go and they'll work for a short period of time, a few months, and they'll work really, really hard. And then they have enough money to get them through until the next season where they're going to be working again. And in a way that's effectively the same thing, right? That is also like yeah. con that, that is frequent retirements um, because the word retirement just means to retire away from something, which means to just move away from it. Right. So, so those are like some constant sabbaticals or, or mini retirements um, and then changing jobs. I think this was, this was a really big one uh, that you talked about, right? So how many of us are stuck at a job that we, are at because it pays the bills and we can't leave because we don't know if we'd be able to find a job that would pay our bills. Like in in essence, we've kind of become slaves of a sort to that job. And so if you have enough money behind you, if you have enough security in that money that you've saved up, then you can take the risk of leaving your job and exploring your options and trying to find a job that is better suited for you. Because it's very possible that the job that, like the work that you really, really want to do, someone would pay you for it. But it might be hard for you to find someone who will pay you as much money as your current job is making, for example. Like if you wanted to go work for a nonprofit, they may not be able to pay you as much as your corporate job is paying you. But if that's the kind of work that really lights you up, then if you have enough money behind you, then you would be able to, you, you would be in a position where you could step away from what it is you're doing and accept the lower paying job because you have enough saved up to, to meet all of your needs. And then that last one, I think is super huge. A lot of us are in jobs that we actually love doing, but there are certain parts of the job that we don't love doing. And so if you had, like, if you didn't need your job for the money, then that gives you a, that puts you in a position of leverage, a position of power so that you could go to your boss and say, Hey, look, there's this portion of my job. I really don't enjoy doing, and I'd rather not do it. And I think there are people out there who maybe enjoy doing that part of the job that I actually hate, and they would do a better job at it in less time than I would if I continued to do it. So how about we take this off my plate and put it on someone else's plate who maybe wants to do it more. And your boss might say, well, no, like that's what we pay you for. But if you said, well, like I also don't need this job, you know, and, and of course you should probably do it in, in better words than that, right? But like if you don't need that job, you can go in there with that confidence, like full well knowing that they may just throw you out, right? But if they threw you out and you're like, okay, like I, fine, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. Then like, Maybe they would be taken aback and saying like, well, uh, I didn't realize you were serious about, you know, threatening to leave or whatever, right? So on Choose a Five, Brad Barrett, he talked about like he he enjoyed his accounting job, but he there were some certain aspects of kind of just the the bureaucratic nature of the corporate world that he just didn't love. And the straw that broke the camel's back was one day he went into work, he usually went in at 8.30 and his employer kind of sent out a memo saying, hey, we're going to start coming into work at eight o'clock. Uh, essentially, um, because we need to have more FaceTime in the office. And Brad was like, 
that's it. This is this is it. I am not I'm not coming in an extra 30 minutes a day every single day because that's two and a half hours every single week, right? Like I'm not doing this just to have quote unquote more FaceTime in the office. Like, no, that is ridiculous. I'm done. And he walked away. Like that's when he stepped away from his job. And if you if you sat down and, and kind of analyzed whatever work it is that you do and really looked at all the parts of the job that you love doing and then the parts of the job that you don't love doing, you'd probably find out pretty quickly what stuff lights you up at work and what stuff doesn't. And eventually, when you get to the point where you have, uh, you don't even have to be completely financially independent, but if you have just enough financial, uh, a kind of a financial safety net, or as a lot of people in the FI community call a FU man, FU money, um, <laughs> then you can, you can have that confidence to go do um, to, to make those riskier decisions because you've got that safety net behind you. Yeah. And I think, so this is an interesting topic because I'm still in college. Right. And so I haven't ever, I haven't really launched into any sort of career yet. I mean, I've worked like little high school jobs, but like none of those were really all that important to really have these meetings with my boss of, Hey, this is what I want to work with or like pivot, you know, <laughs> like I can go get another job whenever I want it. Cause it's just a high school job. But I think something that's been interesting is once I've been in the listening to all like the podcast and being in the financial independence space, it's something that they've talked about. And ever since they've started talking about that idea of, okay, you can do what you want, I've started listening to like other adults and other people talking about their job and their career. And it's crazy to me how many people are not happy or satisfied or do not enjoy where they are. Like, it's crazy. Like, next time, just, like, listen to people talk about their jobs, and most of the time, people are complaining. Most of the time, people are complaining. And so it's been it's been cool because I don't feel like – if I can start this early, and anybody else out there who's listening who's currently in college or, or in high school or getting ready to get into their career, um, it's a cool idea to be able to go into your job not feeling like, okay, I have to be, be doing this for the rest of my life, you know? And to be able to go into the job and be like, okay, I'm going to work really hard for this first five, 10 years. And I should probably stick around for those five or 10 years. But if I can put that money to the side and I can save it and I can plan, like you were saying, where if I'm only spending half my money or if I'm only spending 25% of my money, then I can, I can save away chunks of my life every year. Then I will be able to retire and walk away if I really want to in a matter of five, 10, 15 years. And all of a sudden this job, that decision of like, what do I want to do for the rest of my life is no longer quite as like intimidating or just like scary because it's not necessarily my, the rest of my life. Like a lot of these people nowadays, that's kind of the way they view their careers. You go to college, you get your degree and then you do whatever you're doing for the rest of you until you're 65 and then you're done. And it's, it's cool to be able to be, be like, okay, once I'm out of college, I don't have to pick a track and stick with it for the rest of my life. I can, do something, save money, and then figure out if that's what I want to do, if that's what I like, potentially pivot to other things and kind of experience different things in life and not feel so tied up and so pressured in picking the exact right career and degree that I need in in, in college because that can be a really big decision to make when you're only 20, 21 years old and have so very little life experience. Yeah, and if you had... Let's say you had, you know, a million dollars. If you've calculated out that, you know, roughly a million dollars is how much money you need in order to retire um, and live off of the interest of that million dollars invested, um, you know, maybe based on the 4% rule, you're living on like $40,000 a year out of that million. Well, then you know that like you don't have to work 
ever again if you didn't want to, or unless you wanted to um, increase your your spending, your expenses on a regular basis, then maybe you'd go back to work. But what would you do if you had $500,000? You know, you're halfway there, right? But that's a lot of money. And that is, you know, even if it, even if it wasn't invested, even if that was just sitting in your checking account, $500,000, well, that's like 10 years of expenses, more than 10 years of expenses right there, right? You could stop working for 10 years. Like, what would you go and do with that time? Okay, what if you had $250,000? That's a quarter of your FI number, but that's maybe five or six years of expenses. Well, what would you do if you had five or six years of time to figure out what you really want to be doing with your time, like with your life, right? And what if you only had $100,000? Well, that's that's not nothing, that's for sure. You know, that, that that's maybe hmm. two years, two and a half years of your expenses. What would you do if you had two years to go do some exploring and figure out what it is that you want to do with your life to make sure you're climbing the right ladder or to make sure you're you're in the right place going in the right direction right when when we're talking about all of this money like saving money and the steps along the way to reaching financial independence there is a lot of momentum that is gained and and power that you build or power that you're obtaining like little by little with every dollar that you're saving and investing you're gaining just a little bit more power a little bit more confidence to be able to say this is what i want to be doing with my life and all of these options are available to me right if you're a hundred thousand dollars in debt like you don't have you're not in a position of power you don't have the ability to go to your employer and say I don't enjoy doing all of this work and I would much rather be doing X, Y, and Z because you desperately need that money to pay your bills, like desperately, right? So if you have the money behind you pushing you forward, then that gives you all of that confidence and that that power that you need to start looking at what it is that you want to be doing with your life. And so this is one of the questions we wanted to talk about, right? Is if you had all the money in the world, Let's say, let's say it's just way more money than you could possibly spend. Let's say you had hundred million dollars, right? That's enough money for you, for your friends, for your family, maybe. Like, what would you do with all of your time? It's a great question. Yeah, like what is we we all think that money is our limiting, like our limiting factor. It's that thing that limits us first above all other things. But I can promise you that like 99% of the time, the limiting factors are actually well before the money. Right or or that money. Once we have enough money, then we realize that like, what if we have all that money and we're still unhappy? Well, then that means that money wasn't the source of our unhappiness to begin with. That means money wasn't the problem. Money was never the problem. Maybe money has helped purchase services or products that have improved the quality of our life. But uh, I was listening to I think it was on the Mile High Five podcast, and they they were talking. They said this quote that wherever you are, you are there or something like that. And basically what they what they meant was that whether you're at financial independence or not, you are still the same you that is there. Wherever you go, it's you that's there, right? You don't suddenly change because you have money. Like money is just gonna amplify whoever it is that you are. So if you're a horrible person, money is just gonna make you a whole, like a more horrible person, right? But if you are a great, great person, then having more money is going to make is going to help you have a like a greater impact for good in the world. And so we've got to start thinking about what is like who we are and what issues we need to be dealing with and what kinds of things we really want to do cuz like what do you want to be doing with your time? Like if you if money wasn't the limiting factor, then what is it you would want to be doing with your time? 
Like, do you, do you have any thoughts, Russell, on like what you would want to be doing with your time if money wasn't a limiting factor? Yeah. And I think, I think we both do. I think that's something that we really have talked about and honestly is kind of the draw to financial independence for me, because there are a lot of things that I want to do that don't necessarily make a lot of money. And I think something that you explained to me back in San Diego that really, really impacted me that I think ties in really well here is the idea of money just being a tool to get you to, to what you want to do and to make it a, like allow you to do what you want to do. And so this idea of once you have enough money, then it's just, it's, you can do the things you actually care about. And so I think for example, like I, I want, I love teaching. I love teaching. And I think that's something that you, you really enjoy as well. Um, and I would love to be a teacher, like a high school teacher, not even necessarily like a, like a professor or anything. But I also don't want to live on a teacher's salary, especially a Utah teacher's salary, because it's, it's ridiculously low. And it, it would be really hard to, to raise a family on that and to live comfortably. And so this idea of financial independence is, okay, I'm going to go to college. I'm studying chemical engineering. Uh, I'm going to do summer sales. I'm going to grind this first like segment of my life and get out there, do cool things. And as a chemical engineer, there are still important and valuable things that I want to do, like whether that be like um, researching drugs that help people with incurable diseases or working on nuclear power and, and helping with the environment. Or like there's still really impactful things I want to do as a chemical engineer. But the salary from that and being smart with my money and getting me to a place where I can then be financially independent and do what I want, my dream would be then to pivot and go teach high school at my high school, you know, and teach chemistry teach chemistry and teach um, financial literacy. And I mean, imagine imagine walking into your high school, you're a high school student, and you go and you sit down in your class and there's this like young 35, 40 year old guy who stands up in the front of the class and he points right to where you're sitting. And he says, I was sitting in that exact same seat 15, 20 years ago. And I knew nothing, I was nobody, I was like, I was literally just like a little kid, a little stupid little kid that wasn't really going anywhere in life. And here I am now, financially independent with a million dollars in the bank, able to come do exactly what I love. And I'm here only because I love you guys and I want to be a teacher and I want to help you guys. And that teacher then just like dedicates their life to just helping kids. You know, that's my dream. And I think that that's so powerful because it's a choice. It's not something that I was forced into. It's not something that like I'm doing because of the paycheck or because like I couldn't find a, like a job that I really wanted to do or that's just the best I could do. It's because I have all the money in the world that I need and I can now go back and give my time to the people that really matter and really count to me. And that's so powerful. And that's something that would be invigorating that I would like wake up every morning excited to go to work. And just like, I, I wouldn't be like, oh, I have to go deal with these little brats anymore. It's like, I get to, and I'm choosing to deal with these little brats every single day. <laughs> and I love it. And I love them, you know? And I feel like people miss so much in life because they just feel like they have no choice. Whereas if you are able to get this money out of the way and deal with it, especially if you can figure it out at a young age, it just, it opens up the possibilities to literally anything, you know, and, and it just allows you to really pursue and go after things that are really passionate, that you're really passionate about and that will actually make a difference in other people's lives and, and help other people, which I think is just so cool. What about you, Jared? 
Yeah. Well, and it's so cool to sit here, like, watching you and watching, like, the energy start to, like, bubble up out of your face, you know? And I know it's an audio podcast, so no one, no one else gets to see you. But, um, like, you can tell, I can tell that this is actually meaningful to you, right? This is actually important to you. And uh, I just wanted to comment on what you were saying, right? When, when you confront something undesirable, when you go out and confront it, your body uses a different part of the nervous system than it does if that undesirable thing came and found you unsuspectingly. Your body resp- responds completely differently. That's why in, in the world of uh, clinical psych- psychology and psychotherapy, um, exposure therapy is one of the best things that you can do for somebody who's, who's highly anxious or um, highly afraid of certain things. You slowly expose them to that thing that scares them and little by little, they come to realize that they are capable of conquering it because what they're doing is not waiting for that thing to come out and scare them. Instead, they're voluntarily going and confronting that thing that scares the daylights out of them. And they start by maybe looking at a picture of this, let's say it's spiders, right? Looking at a picture of spiders. Okay. Then you, you, you put the picture away, you calm down. Okay. Now you look at the picture again, maybe for a couple more minutes than you did last time. And then maybe you look at a video of a spider, right? And maybe you have to do that a few times. And then maybe you put a spider in a box where you're completely protected from the spider, but the spider's in a box. And then maybe um, later you get to hold a spider, like a safe spider. You like, like that's how psychotherapy works in, in, in ter- or exposure therapy, excuse me. And people start to gain that confidence along the way because they're voluntarily going out and doing the thing that, that scares them, right? And so no, we're not talking about fear here exactly, but if you went to your job because you wanted to go to your job because you chose today to get up and go there and deal with the little brats in high school or, or whatever, right? And like, and try to impart some some life lessons, some maybe, you know, some chemical lessons like in chemistry, like you're talking about to go impart some of this like wisdom and knowledge on these people. You're doing it because you want to. You are going to show up completely differently than the guy who wakes up and goes begrudgingly because he is in he has two car loans out, right, for him and his spouse, and they're, you know, $150,000 in debt, and they have no way out of it, right? Like, that, those are two completely different people who are showing up to the job. And if everyone was able to go to their work because they wanted to be there, it would be unbelievable the kind of uh, momentum that we would see in society. And so just like, just like you, I also really, really, really want to be a teacher, specifically a language teacher, because... I love, I love learning about languages or learning languages. I think they're puzzles in really, really fascinating ways. But what makes me really want to be a language teacher for high school students and middle school, high school students specifically, is that the first time that I had a, a full-on conversation with somebody in Spanish, which was uh, the first language that I started learning after English, it occurred to me that an entire world opened up between me and that person when that person saw that I was doing my best to learn Spanish and to speak Spanish with them, which Spanish was their native language. And so suddenly I gained access to all of their experiences and all of their life stories. And suddenly this person who was, you know, locked, completely blocked off from me was suddenly like in my life. And now I was able to ask them questions and, and, be connected with them. It was unbelievable. Then I realized that, you know, Spanish covers geographically a humongous portion of the world, right? And so I found out that I could now travel to all different parts of the world 
and meet so many cool people who have amazing life stories and histories and I could now connect with them and I could I I had access to all of their brilliance and all of their emotion and their their lessons and their wisdom and their knowledge like I had access to that because I learned a language right like that's it all you had to do was learn a language you just had to learn how to communicate but then like I'm but now I've I've started learning a whole bunch of other languages and I I just find that so many people believe that they are not good at languages. They believe that they don't, they can't do it. They firmly believe that. And in many conversations I've had with many language teachers, um, who I'm going to be a language teacher here in a few, in a couple of years as part of my military assignment. And I've gotten to speak with a lot of language teachers, um, some of my former professors as well. And in speaking with them who have taught thousands of kids, I asked them, you know, how many people do you think you've taught, how many students have you taught genuinely could not learn another language? And without fail, all of them said maybe two or three, like maybe two or three total really did not have the the faculties to learn another language. And that's it. Like, yes, some kids get it way faster than others, but most people just have, they don't have motivation or they don't have the proper motivation to sustain their design, like to sustain their learning along the way because learning languages can be tough. And so I want to help people see that they can learn language and I want to help them so that they can have this tool that now unlocks connections to so many more people, millions, millions of people around the world. And that's like, that's what I want to do. And I want to go do that in high school because I'm, I'm tired of people saying, oh, I took four years of a language way back when and I can speak nothing. Like I have not, I'm like, oh, if you spent four years studying anything, you should have, you should have something to be able to show for it. Like you should be able to remember something. And if you don't, then that means some instruction along the way did not go the way that it could have. And so that's like one of the biggest motivating forces behind, you know, behind financial independence in general. It's like, I want to be able to do that full time, like you said, and not have to worry about the, maybe the politics of school or maybe, um, the really poor salaries of, of teachers, you know, like I, I don't want to have to worry about that. And I want to be able to just do the teaching because that it is, that's what I really want to be doing. Yeah. Uh, That's so cool. And I, like you can feel the passion there and it's just cool to, to be able to like, imagine yourself in like 30 years and one of your students comes back to you and it's like, Hey, I'm doing the international business and I'm like working with people in this language that you taught me and like serving thousands of people in this country, you know, it's like, or like just, there's so many cool things and cool stories and impacts like the, the impact of being a teacher and teaching someone a language that then gives them access to the world, to a whole new world that can ripple through like so, so many people. And that's just like so cool and so, so meaningful. Um, and I, I'd also like to say that we affectionately use the term little brats just because I am also a little brat. I am a freshman in college. So any, <laughs> any high school students out there listening to this, I affectionately use that term because I am one of them. Um, and I mean, maybe that's what my parents think I am. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I would also, two things that I think kind of came from what you were just saying is one, like being a teacher, I think is a great example of where if you have FU money, you can choose what you want to do and you don't have to do things that the the school asks you to do, right? Let's say like, I think a lot of times like you'll have like a coach who has to be a teacher as well. And really they just want to be a coach, but they have to teach a math class in order to be there. And being like, being able to be like, no, I don't want to do these things that you're asking me to do, I think is really valuable, especially as a teacher. Um, but also I think when you're at your job by choice, 
then you're going to be a better employee. A thousand uh, because percent. you're you're choosing to be there and you're enjoying your time there and it's a choice. And by enjoying your time there and being a better employee, you will probably get raises and make more money because you're able to be like, I'm here by choice and I want to be here. And so it's it's a cool, I think, reciprocal like benefit because by being there by choice and enjoying it and being a better employee, you are then going to make more money. And so it's this kind of like positive feedback loop that is yeah. just so good for you. And it's just win, 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 win. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's not just a win for you. Like you, you're, you're a good employee or you're, you're a better employee than maybe some of the other guys at work. And so you, you start to make more money. Right. And then well, now that's just fueling your financial independence, which is fueling your your confidence and your your drive to to spend even more of your time and energy in whatever it is you really want to be doing. And so then you become a better. And it, it, you're right; it's a positive feedback loop, which is awesome. But you're not the only one that benefits from being a great employee that makes more money, right? Your bosses have a better employee, right? Your bosses have someone who is doing even better than they were before. And in the case of being a teacher, right, your students are getting a better teacher, right? There were so, <laughs> I had so many high school teachers that I just like, I was like, you hate being here, so why are you torturing us, right? We don't wanna be here, you don't wanna be here, so why is our life so miserable? Like, like, please, please make it stop. But there were a couple teachers who loved what it was that they do. I had a math teacher, Mr. Smith, and he, he was a, you know, young, I think he was probably like early 30s. Um, he was actually the teacher that got me into playing ultimate frisbee um, but he uh he loved teaching math and he was teaching at the college too and he 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 explained to us that he loved teaching math and that his goal was to help improve the way that math was being taught in high school because he felt like it was doing a disservice to the students and so he was just like the most motivated teacher because he was trying new things and he was trying to find a way to get these mathematical concepts across in a better way like in a way that would stick, in a way that would land with students and help prepare them for college, but also prepare them for life, um, whether it was you decided or decided not to go to college, right? And w we would all be better off if everyone was do like everyone wanted to show up to their work and then they were getting paid better for it because they're getting raises or maybe um, like promotions. And then like the, the product that or the service that they're providing is then also a higher quality. And the, so it's like a rising tide raises all boats, like all of them. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. And I think we've talked a lot about teachers in, in, in school, but this applies to literally every single field, no matter what job you're doing you will be a better employee, you'll do better work, and you'll probably make more money if you're there by choice and because you want to be there. And you'll also just enjoy it so, so much more. And so I think it's it's just such an incredible, incredibly powerful tool to use. Um, and I think this idea of retirement is so like short-sighted because maybe for some people that's what you need and that's what's going to be good for you. But also there's just the financial independence aspect is the really important part because it opens up so many doors and it allows you to really enjoy your life and to put your time where you care. Um, and that's, I think, the most important part of the financial independence community, not necessarily just retiring early. Yeah, I've had a chance to to talk to some people um, 
in the financial independence space, right? So um, I've gotten to sit down and, and talk with Alan Donigan, who runs the Rebel Entrepreneur um, podcast and Rebel Business School. And actually, just the other day, I was talking with um, Spencer Reese, who runs the Military Money Manual podcast um, with his buddy Jamie. Got to hop on a phone call with him, which is really cool. And in talking to uh, Spencer, he explained that when he hit five um, and, and separated from the military earlier this year, he took like six months of just like vacation. And he just unwinded, relaxed, traveled, did all sorts of things. And after about six months, he was bored. He was like, okay, I did all the traveling and the relaxing and now I don't know what to do with myself, right? So he, he went and got a job and now he's going to fly for Hawaiian Airlines. Um, and in talking to Alan Don again, like he and his wife, Katie, they hit financial independence and they like they never stopped, right? The number, suddenly the number went from below, on the number on the computer screen, you know, their bank account numbers, like it showed below their FI number. And then the next day it was over their FI number and they're like, okay, the numbers changed. Now we're FI, but but now what, right? The numbers just changed. Like, that's it. That's all that changed. So they are now dedicating their whole lives to helping people learn about money and helping people start businesses without going into debt. That is like Alan's like life mission is to help as many people as possible start businesses without going into debt. And so, so, so many people get to their financial independence number and then they don't know what to do. Maybe they'll take a year off, maybe go on a sabbatical, go on a bunch of vacations, but then they're like left with this, this discomfort because they don't know what it is that they want to be doing with their life. So then they start finding out and trying to experiment and see what it is they want to do. A lot of people really want to sail the world, right? A lot of people want to just travel and they just want to go to another country. They want to road trip, see all 50 states, want to go to see all the um, national parks in, in the United States or something like that. Um, but then they go and do that thing. And then what? Like, what's the rest of your life going to look like, right? Because you still have the rest of your life ahead of you. And we've got to like start finding out now what it is that we want to do. And everyone I've listened to in, in the personal finance podcast and blogging space, all of them who have already hit financial independence, they all say, whatever it is you really want to be doing, like that you, like whatever you want to be doing, you should start doing it now while you're still working. Find a way to start incorporating it into your life little bit by little bit. And if there's something you think that you would really like to do in your quote unquote retirement, like after you've reached five, you should start maybe doing some mini experiments with it to see if it's something you even enjoy doing. And um, like like one guy is talking about how he really wanted to sail around the world. Like he wanted to go sailing for a whole year, but he'd never been sailing before. And so he yeah. and his wife took a couple months off from work and they went and sailed for, I think, two or three months. And then they got back and they're like, yeah, we're definitely not doing that for a full year, but that was a lot of fun. And now we can try and find something else that we want to be doing with our life. Yeah. So I'm curious, have you guys done any of your own mini experience? I think I've heard about some of the stuff that you guys have tried and you guys have definitely been experimenting with what brings value, brings value to your lives. But like... I mean, have you ever, have you done anything with teaching? Have you tried experimenting with that at all? Or have you experimented with anything else? Um, I have not done any um, like formal language teaching. I've done, I've done a lot of tutoring here and there, but I have not done any. But my wife, Marisha, has. Um, she actually got to teach as a, when she was a senior in college um, doing her undergraduate. Normally they had master students teach the entry-level German courses, but um at the college she went to, they didn't have a master's program for German, so they hired se certain seniors 
to teach those undergrad classes. And so she got hired on as one of those teachers. So for her last year in college, she was teaching the undergraduate or like the entry level German courses. And it was her absolute favorite thing. And I love, like, I love, love, love that she had that opportunity because it was an extremely positive thing. And she now knows like with a certainty that that is something she wants to do. Maybe it's not something she wants to do until the day she dies, but it's something she really wants to go back and do. And so we have like a goal like out there. And that is for my wife to be able to go back and get her master's. So she's allowed to teach um, at the undergraduate level and then to do what we can to get her a job so she can be teaching. Right. And so that's, that is a, you, I guess you could call that like a, a mini experiment of a sorts. Um, but I personally mm-hmm. have not had a chance um, to do that. So I'm not confident or, or convinced that I would love to be a language teacher, but I have had a lot of opportunities to do, to teach in general in front of small groups, large groups. Um, and I know that I love it. So I think that it will align when I get to, when I get the opportunity to teach in a language class. Yeah. And I think, I think this is a especially powerful concept for anybody in college because it's such a, like a, an open time. Like you just schedule, you make your own schedule. You, you're still like, you haven't really committed to any one thing yet. And so something that I've really loved about college has been able to, um, like go do research, like join research groups in areas that I think I want want to go work in. For example, this last weekend, um, I joined like a, like one of my dreams with chemical engineering is working in incurable diseases, whether that be like cancer, MS, um, like Alzheimer's, dementia, and working with like drugs and research and um, cures and helps there. And so I just, just last weekend, I was able to join a lab where we're going to be working on like cancer patient and um, uh, like drug matching and detecting whether or not like which drugs work for which patient's cancer and like matching them with the correct treatment. And so it's, it's cool because that's an opportunity that really only undergraduates here um, have the opportunity to be because you're working with one of the professors in your major. And so you just got to go shadow them, work with them, do research, see if that's like a field that you're actually interested in and get just some cool experience doing it. And there have been so many other opportunities at the university and I just have like my time is so flexible and fluid as a college student that I've been able to pursue so many different things and really kind of get a taste for like what I like and what I don't like. And I feel like that's an opportunity that a lot of college students have that anybody who's in college or looking to go into college here soon should definitely take advantage of because college is such a great opportunity to experiment and find the things that you really like and that you're passionate about and kind of get a good feel for that while you have more flexibility and more freedom in your schedule. Whereas if you work a nine to five, you can't like leave for a week because you're going to like lose your job. Whereas if you're in college, you just go for spring break, you know, and you can go travel the world or you can go do a study abroad and go to different places or, you know, it's just so much more flexible that I think that that's a great opportunity for anybody who's in college to just make sure that you're experimenting and trying out all the different things that you think you might like and figuring out if those are things that you're actually passionate about and if they actually do bring you value. I didn't know a whole lot of that. That's like, that's super awesome that you're having these opportunities to experiment with these, like with shadowing these professors and and getting to, to try out this like real life application of these things that you're studying in school. Um, Yeah. And the cool thing is really quick. The cool thing is that all I had to do is ask. 
It was literally one email. It sounds like super official and super legit. I'm a freshman. I haven't even taken the intro class to my major, my chemical engineering major. Like I, I know absolutely nothing, okay? And all it took was me going onto the website, looking up research projects, finding one that I thought was actually interesting, this cool, like this cancer research one, and emailing the professor. That day he emailed me back and was like, hey, come over this Friday and we'll talk. I met with him on Friday and I'm now part of the lab and I'm doing like real life stuff and he's gonna show me how to do it and walk me through it. And we're gonna like, like it's, it's so cool. And all I had to do was ask. So as a college student, like it's just, just ask, like just go out there. There's so many opportunities. The professors, a lot of them are there because they like what they do and they're, they're passionate about teaching and they really care about the, the research they're doing. And they would be ecstatic to bring you on, to show you the ropes, to help you out. You literally just have to ask. You just have to ask. I, I think that's so awesome. So 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 awesome. Um, and I don't really, I don't really have anything to add after that. Um, but it, it looks like we're we're wrapping up here. We've only got a couple more minutes left. But um, just to kind of wrap up what we've been talking about, right? So so retirement, retirement's kind of this this vague concept. We've decided to to. To name it this you can't retire until you're 65 and so that means you work you work your butt off your whole life and then when you're 65 you're allowed to go enjoy the things that you want to do with the rest of your life whatever years you have left and we wholeheartedly just like reject that that requirement right you are more than welcome to go and work until you're 65 but you better sure make sure you better well make sure that it, it's by choice that it is what you genuinely want to be doing so wherever you are in life start asking yourself these questions uh, do I really want to be here? Wherever it is I am, is this something I genuinely want to be doing? Is this where I want to be? And am I the person that I want to be? Or am I moving in the direction of the person that I want to be? Am I becoming more bitter and more resentful um, and more pessimistic because the job I'm at is just this negative pessimistic spiral and it's a horrible atmosphere, horrible environment, but it pays my bills. Well, like if you're realizing that you're stuck there, but you need to be there because you need to pay the bills that like keep listening and, and, and start putting into practice some of these some of these things that we're talking about here to pursue financial independence so that you can have the power and ability to walk away from that and to put yourself in, in good spaces. And and once you find the things that, that really light you up and really bring you energy and fulfillment and purpose into your life, start pursuing them now right? Don't, you don't have to walk away from your job and then pursue whatever it is you really want to do full time. You can start incorporating it into your life and like that, start experimenting with these things because you may not know exactly what it is that lights you up. So, so start trying new things, start seeing where, uh, wherever it is that time seems to disappear, right? Whatever you start to do. And then you just realize, Oh, like suddenly it's midnight and I've been doing this for the last three or four hours. It just, I got lost in it. Like that's a good sign that maybe there's something here. Maybe you should keep pursuing this thing because it's bringing you joy and, and value and, and purpose. I love that. And I, I think it's just such a cool concept for anybody who's starting young, just get going, start because you can really get out of that rat race and leave the kind of impact that you want to leave on the world and to be able to to put your effort and your time into things that actually matter and that you actually care about and so we hope that you guys will start taking action start moving along and pursuing those things that are important to you um, and we can't wait to see you guys next week all right catch you later russell see everybody thanks for coming to the fire school today we hope you learned something new and better yet took action don't forget to share this episode with somebody who needs it and be sure to leave a five-star review. 
If you want to get in touch with us, shoot us an email at mailbag at the And until next time, enjoy this super sweet saxophone outro. Class dismissed. <laughs>